Testing, one, two, three, testing, one, two, three. This is Radio Free Mormon on the air, broadcasting behind enemy lines. Tonight's episode, more Tim Ballard bombshells. Well, today's date is December 15th, 2023. It has been three months ago to the day, September 15th, 2023, that the world, or at least the Mormon world, or at least the Tim Ballard world, was rocked when the church issued its denunciation of Tim Ballard. That was on September 15th, 2023. It's now three months later, and a lot has happened since. And I've been covering this story fairly closely with a lot of different episodes regarding the developments in the story. Well, a big development happened a day or two ago when Paul Hutchinson dropped a video about his experience with Tim Ballard, how he met Tim Ballard 10 years ago, how he had a falling out with Tim Ballard five years ago and ended up parting ways with him. So Paul Hutchinson is a very wealthy individual. He's not a member of the church anymore. He used to be, he's left the church, but he tries to be very respectful of the church in this video. He has relatives and daughters who are still active members. So that's who Paul Hutchinson is. He's also the individual who there was a story about somebody on one of Tim's teams down in a Southern South American country who ended up trying to prove that he was really a child molester and a child sex trafficker. And he was challenged to touch a young girl's breasts, which he did. And so that was the situation there. He doesn't talk about that incident in this video. And I guess I can understand why that would be. But having said that, he meets Tim Ballard 10 years ago. He's introduced to Tim Ballard by Sean Reyes, the attorney general of the state of Utah, or at least for now, because he's announced, John Reyes has announced he's not running again for re-election. So I think that December 31st of this year will be his last day in office. Okay. So Sean Reyes knows Paul Hutchinson, who's an extremely wealthy person. He does the introduction of Paul Hutchinson to Tim Ballard. Paul talks about that. Paul's very taken with Tim Ballard and his vision of rescuing children. And throughout the video, I would say that there are two main purposes for this video. Number one is for Paul to distance himself from Tim Ballard. And the second is to promote the idea that just because Tim Ballard is a bad egg, it doesn't mean that the entire mission of rescuing children is wrong because there are children out there that need rescuing. And Paul Hutchinson, along with other people, have started their own foundations in order to try and accomplish those goals. And that will come up a little bit in some of the clips that I play tonight. It's an hour and five minute video that Paul Hutchinson dropped. I've taken a number of clips from it. He has some very, very important things to say and corroborate and new information to add. But this is the way that Paul Hutchinson starts his video. This is a, a brief clip in his Okay, here we go. This podcast is Liberating Humanity with Paul Hutchinson. Welcome to another episode of Liberating Humanity. I'm Paul Hutchinson, and this is the most difficult episode that I've done so far. I'm going to talk about my history with Tim Ballard. And that's how it starts. He's going to talk about his history with Tim Ballard. Let me put up that screen. Bill just made this screen for me. Bill Real did. 
And so I want to make sure I, I remember to click on it so I can use it when I'm playing a video. It looks great, Bill. Thank you. So this is a very difficult video for him to make. He's going to talk about Tim Ballard, and he goes on from there with a little bit more information about Tim Ballard. This is going to be very brief. And Operation Underground Railroad. And why I made the decision to leave more than five years ago. Tim, if you're watching, I am grateful for the fact that you brought me into this work. I am so sad for what has happened. I'm gonna go back to the beginning. And he does go back to the beginning. We're not gonna go back to the very beginning with him. This is where he talks about getting the invitation from Sean Reyes to go and meet Tim Ballard at some kind of function or screening or fundraising event, which he does. He gets on board with Tim Ballard uh, as I said, Paul Hutchinson is extremely wealthy, and he drops hints about that all throughout this video. Um, he talks about the cufflinks uh, being, what were they, $5,000 cufflinks that he was wearing at some event. He talks about a Lamborghini that he was going to buy, but then he decided after meeting with Tim Ballard that he wanted to use that money he would have spent on the Lamborghini and donate it to Operation Underground Railroad. So he's very, very committed to this. But once again, he's very, very wealthy. He lives in a completely different world than I live in. But he has resources and he wants to use them in good causes. And that's all to the good. And he thinks that Operation Underground Railroad is a good cause. Now, he also talks about two individuals who are very close to him, very close to Tim Ballard and are involved in the operations. Their names are Chet and Fletch. Chet and Fletch. And at some point, what happens with Chet and Fletch is they get crosswise with Tim Ballard. They start seeing things in Tim Ballard they don't like. They start seeing ways that he's running his operations that they don't like. So they end up parting ways with Tim Ballard and they start being vocal about it. They start making uh, media on social media, criticizing Tim Ballard and making comments as well. So Tim Ballard now contacts Paul Hutchinson about this and wants to enlist Paul Hutchinson's aid in silencing Fletch and Chet. And because he's new, because he's starry-eyed with Tim Ballard, Paul Hutchinson agrees to help, and he, he, he ultimately sues them. He gets an attorney, he files a lawsuit against them, and he sues them into silence about Tim Ballard. And here's where he tells this story. It's at 1802. Let me find this on here. Here we go. Now, Chet and Fletch, they had this documentary company. They, they put together a documentary called The Abolitionists. Some of you may have seen it. If you were involved back 10 years ago, you saw Abolitionists. I, I realized that that's why these cameras were there, is to start putting together these documentaries. Now, there was a disagreement. I don't know the details of it. From what I can understand, the disagreement between Tim Ballard and Chet and Fletch was this. Chet and Fletch wanted to have the focus of the, the documentaries. He wanted, they wanted to have the focus be on the children, on the plight of the children, the rescue of the children. They wanted that to be the focus. And, and, they, they wanted, and, and I was told from Tim that all they wanted was, was to have their, their face and their name. No, it was, it was because there was a lot of stuff going on with Tim's face and Tim's name that was there. There was some contention there. That's all that I know. And, and there was a breakup. And so I get approached by Tim. Now, I had already helped take the garbage out before with, with this, uh, this, this other guy that was working with the foundation. Now, 
Now we've got a problem with these guys and they start talking crap, so to speak. Tim said, look, these guys are going on social media and stuff. They're, they're talking bad about me. They're talking about, about, oh, you are, this is what I hear from Tim. And Tim's exact words were this. He said, anybody, anybody that tries to take down operation underground railroad is trying to take down the fight against child trafficking. Anybody who's talking bad about me is talking bad about what we're doing and helping with the kids. And he spun this narrative that was, if anybody went against him and his mission and the foundation, they were against fighting child trafficking. I was part of that energy. I was drinking the Kool-Aid. I was all in. I'm willing to take out the garbage if I have to. Well, these guys had also talked some crap about me as well. And at the time, you know, I'm, I'm running a multi-billion dollar investment fund. My credibility was worth a lot. And if somebody's saying things about me that are untrue, then I legally have the right to go after them for defamation. And it's interesting the way that Paul describes this because he has a basis for a lawsuit, but it sounds like he wouldn't have brought a lawsuit against these guys over this because who cares what they have to say about him? Maybe he did, but it really sounds to me like what he's saying is, that because they said bad things about him that could have affected him, he has the basis, the grounds to bring a lawsuit against Chet and Fletch, which he does on Timothy Ballard's behalf in order to silence what they're saying, not only about Paul, but especially about what they're saying about Tim Ballard. And ultimately, this is successful. So I did. I hired some attorneys and their attorneys, after, after a few months, they, they called a meeting with me and my attorney and they said, listen, we can't fight you. You are hundred percent right here. You're going to win. You're going to win $10 million on this suit. No doubt about it. And I said, listen, all I want, all I want is for them to stop talking crap about Tim Ballard, right? Because this is what I was. I was, I was the Porter Rockwell, right? I was the guy that was going to get my, get my hands dirty so he can keep his hands clean. And, and I said, and while you're at it, stop talking crap about me. You tell them no more and I'll drop it right now. You can see how the primary focus of the lawsuit from Paul's perspective is to stop them from talking crap about Tim Ballard. Talking crap about Paul, that's secondary. Now, if Chet and Fletch, if you're watching today, you know, because I've reached out to you since. I am sorry because I was believing, I was believing that, that you were trying to destroy the work that was saving children. I didn't see the whole picture at the time. So as we continue to move forward, I continue to do more operations. All right. Now he's going to talk about the operations that he does because he's not just an investor. By the way, I believe Paul Hutchinson is listed as a producer because of his large investments into The Sound of Freedom. He's listed as a producer in the credits of that movie. Um, but now he's also doing operations. He's going down. He is, his part is played by uh, Pablo in the movie. Paul, Pablo. He's Pablo. He's the financier. He goes down. He flashes the cash in front of the child sex traffickers to let them know, wow, these guys mean business. They really have the money. We'll bring lots of kids for a party and get paid well for it. But things with Chet and Fletch don't end there because once again, they've set up their own operation to try and help children. And on one occasion, one of them is going to go down to Haiti to try and rescue kids. And Tim doesn't like it. Tim is upset about it. Tim calls Paul Hutchinson and tries to get Paul Hutchinson to stop them from even going down into the country of Haiti. And this starts on 2210. We'll start here. 
from the board and then continue doing these operations. So then I get a call from Tim and he said, hey, we said, we've got a, we've got a problem. I said, really, what's the problem? He said, Chet is trying to come into Haiti. We're, we're doing all this stuff. We're trying to find this guardy. We've got the cameras and everything else that are there. And he wants to come in with his own cameras and he wants to follow up with some of these leads. And he wants, he's going to get in the way. He's going to hurt the foundation. He's going to hurt our, our search for guardy. Well, it really was that, it, that, that the attention was going to be somewhere else. And so, but I didn't, I didn't see that at the time. He said, we need to make sure he can't even get into the country. We need to call the attorney general here and just make sure he can't even get into the country. Now can I stop for just a second? First off, I want to explain, there are lots and lots of edits in this video of Paul Hutchinson. None of them are mine. These are all original to the video he put up. I'm not trying to hide anything or splice anything together to give it a meaning different than what it is that Paul Hutchinson himself wanted it to have. But that comment, that he just made about Tim Ballard calling Paul and saying, Paul, we need to keep Fletch, I think it was, or Chet, from coming down into the country, Haiti, because he's gonna hurt our operation. I want you, Paul, to call the Attorney General, which I would have to think would be the Attorney General of Haiti, in order to keep him from coming down into the country. It's interesting to me that Tim goes to Attorney General. In other words, in his mind, he thinks, if the attorney general is contacted, the attorney general can help us out by keeping them from coming down into the country and goofing up our whole operation. It is not something that would immediately occur to me to contact the attorney general of a certain uh, country. But I think it's significant and perhaps suggestive that that is what Tim Ballard thinks of. Contact the attorney general to help us out and put the fix in for Tim Ballard and against these other people who are just all different company trying to do the same thing and rescue children. Does that possibly reflect Tim's relationship with Sean Reyes, the attorney general of Utah? And is that why Tim Ballard's mind immediately goes to contacting an attorney general in order to help out and smooth the road the way that Tim Ballard wants it smoothed? Now, I said, Tim, I said, I don't, I don't have, I don't have the relationships. What do you want me to do? He's all oh, call him, whatever. So he's blocking somebody else from coming in and doing some of this work and helping to rescue kids just because he was separated. And I'm like, okay, that's kind of interesting. Then there's a guy by the name of Glenn. I talked to you about him before. Glenn is a good, good man. By the way, Glenn is not Glenn Beck. He is another individual who was associated with operations with OUR and Tim Ballard. And I, I get a call from Tim. This is a few months later. He's saying, hey, Glenn's on the out. Glenn, Glenn is trying to extort the foundation. He's trying to get all this money from the foundation and, and don't talk to him again. Just cut him out. And I'm like, okay, you know, I've, I've done some undercover work with Glenn, but I don't, I don't see that. But okay, you know, I'll, I'll cut off all communication there with Glenn. And he said, we need to make sure that he can't ever work in this business again. We, we, we need to make sure that I'm like, no, I, I don't see how that applies here, but, but I won't have any communication if that's what we need to do. So, okay. So. When you cross Tim Ballard, according to Paul Hutchinson, and he's not the first person to have said this to me or in other venues who used to work with Tim Ballard. If you criticize Tim Ballard, you get on the bad list, the naughty list, you might say. Or as some people have said, you go to the Tim Ballard graveyard because now he's gonna go all out to destroy you. And he will contact other people that he's close to in order to have them do his dirty work for him. And we're seeing a classic example of this with this conversation that Paul is relating he had with Tim about Chet and about Fletch. And of course, the irony is going to be, and Paul recognizes this as ironic, is that he's going to have the same experience with Tim Ballard. He's going to finally have enough of Tim Ballard. And the same thing that Paul Hutchinson 
is doing to Chet and Fletch at Tim Ballard's behest is what's going to be done to him at Tim Ballard's request once Paul gets crosswise with Tim Ballard. Now, this next clip, we turn the page here. Oh, the next clip is a conversation that Tim Ballard had with Paul. So Paul, he's a first-hand witness. He's not repeating stories he's heard. He's telling us what actually happened. That's one of the reasons this video is so important and why I wanted to do a special episode on it. He's going to talk about the conversation he had with Tim where Tim tells Paul that Tim wants to become a United States senator. And Paul thinks that's weird because how do you help rescue children when you're a senator? You can't do what you're doing now if you're a senator. And he gets a response from Tim. But later on in this clip, you will hear Paul Hutchinson reference, not directly, but indirectly, that not only did Tim want to be a senator, but he wanted to go on to become the president of the United States and the prophet of the Mormon church. And this is going to start at 3014. And it goes for a couple of minutes. Let's see, 3014. Let's start there. Moving forward, I was super close to Tim during these years. And he came to me and he said, Hey, Paul, he says, like, I, I've been talking to some people. Like, I really think that I want to, I, I want to become Senator. And this is the first time I'm like, wait a minute, you're, you're rescuing kids. Why do you want to be a Senator? You know, he says, Oh, because I think that I can make a bigger difference in fighting child trafficking if I'm a Senator. Okay. I don't, I don't know that you can. I think that, that we have really good men and women who are, who are in political positions who want to help fight this fight against child trafficking. And if, but they have a whole bunch of other things on their plate too, right? If you can help them help pass some laws and stuff, that's great. But for you to be a Senator, this is the first time where I started thinking, okay, is all of this publicity with, with the cameras being there at these operations and, and, and the, the movie that we're, is, is that part of paying for a Senate run or, or is, or is this really about the kids, right? And so we had this conversation. He talked about being a senator and maybe even someday going on some bigger political offices than that. And, and he saw himself as somebody who was going to be a, a big leader in the Mormon church as well. I have no problem with that. Somebody. Okay, right there, he makes the oblique reference to becoming the president of the United States. I mean, what political office is bigger than a United States senator? Well, I think it's president. And so, and then he also talks about religious offices, but then he's going to make it a little bit more explicit later on as to Tim's goals. He wants to be a leader and, and lead people to good in whatever capacity. I'm, I'm good with that. You know, I've got great big goals myself. I don't want to be the prophet of the Mormon church and I don't want to be a senator and I don't want to be the president. I don't want to be any of those things. But, you know, I had I had goals at the time. I wanted to build my fund to a certain level. I there you heard it. I don't want to be a senator. I don't want to be the president. I don't want to be the prophet of the Mormon church. Those are exactly what it was that Tim Ballard was talking to Paul about as his life goals. I wanted to buy a, a super yacht someday. I'm, you know, I had, I had goals as well, and I'm okay with that. But if those goals are being bolstered by a foundation from people who are donating a dollar a month or $5 a month or whatever it is to help rescue the children, but in reality, a big portion of that money is going to promote one man's ego or one company's logo, then I, then I have a problem with that. And at that point, I started seeing a little bit of the writing on the wall where things really got weird. Okay. So... Now he's starting to have questions about Tim and whether these donations that are coming in, not only from Paul, who can certainly afford it, but still from people who are donating smaller amounts, $5, $10, whatever they can scrape together because they believe in Tim Ballard and they believe in rescuing these children from child trafficking. Paul starts wondering, is it about the children 
or is it about Tim? Is this money going to finance rescuing children or are the donations going to promote Tim Ballard's political aspirations? And now there's uh, another clip I'm going to play. And this has to do with Dave Lopez. And Dave Lopez was very close with Tim Ballard as well until he wasn't. And once again, there's this push by Tim Ballard to cancel Dave Lopez. And Paul Hutchinson was involved in that discussion as well. This is 3220. Which actually is where we left off. So let's play it from there is when I got a call from Tim and he said, Paul, he said, Dave Lopez is on the out. He's trying to destroy my reputation. He's trying to destroy Operation Underground Railroad. We need to call Glenn back. We need to call Tony Robbins. We need to make sure that they don't answer any calls from him whatsoever. Now, by this time, I had a good relationship with Tony and a good relationship with Glenn and a lot of these other guys. And I, I told Tim, I'm not going to make those calls. Why? Because Dave is a good man. I knew Dave. Some of these other guys, I, I didn't know how good of a man at the time that Glenn was. I didn't know how good of a man at the time that Chet and Fletch were. I didn't, I didn't, all these other guys that were being pummeled, I didn't know, but I knew Dave. I had worked with him a lot. He was a good, good man. And he dedicated his life to fighting child trafficking. There's no way that, that he would try to destroy something that was fighting trafficking. That didn't make any sense at all. But I, I said, okay, you know, I, I'm, I'm here on board. I'm helping, but I'm not, I'm not going to call and try to, try to, he says, well, we have to make sure that he can't work in Haiti anymore, that he can't do any of that stuff. Now, I didn't realize until years later, Dave, being the man that he is, didn't talk crap, didn't talk crap about Tim, didn't talk crap about OUR, none of those things. He didn't tell the whole story until years later after I was in the same position as him and got outed. That was the beginning of the end right there. That's where I started seeing things going on. So as he Okay. So he's done the dirty work as far as Chet and Fletch go. Paul has at Tim Ballard's behest. Now Tim Ballard calls and makes the same request of Paul regarding Dave Lopez. But he knows Dave Lopez better. He knows he wouldn't be doing the things that Tim Ballard is alleging that Dave Lopez was doing. And so now Paul backs off and says, no, I don't think I'm going to try and do that. I'm not going to help you in canceling and destroying Dave Lopez because I'm starting to have questions as to whether what you're telling me, Tim Ballard, is actually true. Because he knows Dave Lopez and knows that he is a good person. The next thing that happens, the next story he tells, is about a fundraiser. It's a fundraiser story. It's a fundraiser that um, Paul Hutchinson was present at, and you've got to hear the story to believe it. It gives such an insight into Tim Ballard, and frankly, not only Tim Ballard, but also his wife, Catherine, who figures in the story and not very favorably either. So let's go to 39, 32 and play it from there. You've got to hear the story. This is about six minutes long, but believe me, you're going to want to listen to every second of it. Also, so that you know, I have sped up this video. I have it at 1.25, the video of Paul Hutchinson. And that's the only manipulation I have done with the video. So here we go with the story about the fundraiser. And at this point, Paul has his own organization. Tim Ballard has his organization. Other people have other organizations. And yet Tim Ballard seems to think that only his organization should be the one getting the attention. Only Tim's organization should be the one getting attention. And only Tim Ballard's organization is the one that should be getting money. Put that first 50 in and we wanted to be there and see really what was going on. So then, 
I'm thinking, okay, I'm funding some of these other guys. Maybe I'll have a fundraiser. Maybe I'll put something together and start raising some money or some awareness. And, and, I, and I had a, a little website that I put together about the foundation was starting to raise some. And that, that made Tim mad because anybody who was, who was showing a logo or anything else, my, my foundation was only supposed to be my money. It wasn't raising anything else. I'd be stealing money from his foundation. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. That was flag number two. I should. Yeah, you see, for Tim Ballard, if you have an organization that is soliciting donations for, to rescue children, then you're taking it from Tim Ballard. It's not your money. It all belongs to Tim. Should have recognized the flags number five and six way back before, but I didn't. Then I decided to have a fundraiser. It was a beautiful fundraiser. We, we had it at the Sky downtown Salt Lake and Jimmy helped put it together. We had a bunch, I, I have relationships with some NBA players. I have relationships with a bunch of ultra wealthy families. And we invited them all together for this beautiful fundraiser night. Now, I wanted to promote all these hidden heroes that had been in the fight that were on those operations with me, that were running their own foundations, all of those. We wanted to raise money for the Child Liberation Foundation that would help to fund all these different groups and all these operations that we were doing. And one of them was going to be Tim's Foundations, Operation Underground Railroad, and a new one that his wife had was now running called the, the Children Need Families, which was helping with adoptions and stuff. I, I invited Tim. I said, look, we, we've got all these guys that are coming that are going to be speaking. We want you to speak about your foundation. It's going to be a beautiful fundraiser. Well, he agreed. We sent out all the flyers. Everybody is all coming to it. Two days before the event, Tim calls me. He said, the only way that I'm going to come and speak at your event is if you can promise me that 100% of the money that you raise will go only to my foundation and my wife's foundation. Incredible, isn't it? That Tim is apparently so egocentric that he's been invited to appear at a fundraiser for multiple organizations and he has agreed to appear. The promos have gone out. Everybody knows that Tim Ballard's going to be there. And two days before the fundraiser, he calls Paul Hutchinson and says, I'm not going to show up unless all the money that's raised goes to me and to my wife. I said, wait, what? He said, yeah. He said, I'm not even going to be there if you're going to give any of that money to anybody else. And I said, Tim, there's a lot of people in this fight. There's a lot of good people in this fight that a lot of them are hidden heroes. A lot of them don't have the resources that I do to bring people together to help fund what they're doing. And if you pull out right now, it's going to look really bad. It's going to actually look bad for you, Tim, because all of a sudden you were there and then you'd not show up. Everybody is expecting you to come. He said, well, I'm not going to do it unless you can give me all the money. I said, how about we do this? Why don't we set it up where I give you the microphone? for a certain period of time while you're there. In fact, I'm, I'm giving each one of the foundations a specific allotted amount of time to share to the audience so that the audience can see all of the different people that we're helping to support. I said, while you're speaking, you know, you've got all this credibility because you've been doing this for a long time and you, you know, worked in the government, all this stuff. I said, why don't, while you're there, you can tell them anybody who donates right now can earmark their money to my foundation and any, anybody who donates while you're speaking or Anybody who writes on their checks, this should be for Children Need Families or Operation Underground Railroad or Nazarene, any of your foundations. If, if they dictate that that's where their money goes, you get all of that, all of it. If it's the entire. Okay. And that sounds fair, doesn't it? I mean, you're certainly the most prominent person. Everybody knows you. So I tell you what, you can come on, give your speech. Anybody who donates while you're talking will go to you. And anybody who writes in the memo section of their check with all the zeros after it, that writes any of your funds, the Nazarene, the Nazarene fund, O-U-R, or your wife's fund, it will 100% go to you. That sounds more than fair. 
higher audience, great, whatever it is, reluctantly agreed to come. So he came to, to our fundraiser and we had some of the other operators and the other guys who run other foundations were speaking. And then Tim came up to speak. He more than doubled the allotted time. He took the time of the next, next group that was supposed to come after him. We had to move things around and raised very, very little money. Okay. Now let me break in again to say, here comes Tim Ballard, who has got to take twice as much time as is allotted to him. And this is a function of ego. It's also a function of remember anybody who makes donations while he's talking goes to him. So he spends more time talking than he was allotted. He spends twice as much time talking as he was allotted for his foundation. Very little. In fact, we didn't have anything that was actually specifically allocated for his. It was written on any checks whatsoever, but that's okay. He was there. We're going to give him a percentage of everything that was coming in. Then, then we had uh, an opportunity for one of my operators and me to stand up and me. Okay. Now he's going to talk about a story, a very touching story. He's described the details of it before this. He'll refer to it now that he's going to tell about a rescue mission that he was involved in. Paul was with his organization. The Child Liberation Foundation is the name of his organization. And wait till you hear what happens and what it is that sets Tim Ballard and his wife, Catherine, over the edge. Me and Andy get up and we're sharing the microphone and we're telling this beautiful story about the mother saying that she thought she had lost her children and this amazing, amazing opportunity to see this little girl reunited with her mother where both of them thought they were dead after four years of being apart. And it was such a beautiful, beautiful story. And we were just telling the audience what was going on. Now, the only picture I had of this little girl was, was me and Andy standing with her between us. And so that's the picture that we put up with her face blurred to protect. And right then, then, then Tim and his wife sitting on the front row, his wife, Catherine, stands up and makes a scene, like literally in the very front and the whole thing's going on. She makes a scene, grabs Tim's hand and they storm out. I'm like, well, that's weird. Okay. So, you know, we finish on stage and I get down, I go to the back of the, 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 uh, the gala area. I said, what's going on? What's going on? And, and Catherine, Tim's wife, she's like, my husband risked his life to be there. And you didn't even put his face up there. I said, wait a minute. He was just on stage, took more than double his time talking about your foundation and his other ones and had plenty of opportunity. In fact, his face has been up before on some of the other things we've done. And we were, it's not about him. If I could have a, just a picture of that little girl without me and Andy on it, I would have shown that. So you see, it's all got to be about Tim, whether it's the money, whether it's the fame, whether it's the acknowledgement, whether it's the accolades, it's all got to be about Tim. And it appears that his wife, Catherine, also shares in the same sentiment. Right? It's about her. It's about the story of her being reunited with her mother. It's not about Tim's face being up there. And they stormed out and left. Well, that was kind of the last straw. I was like, that's, that was a big deal. And then they. Yeah, we'll find out that that actually wasn't the last straw. There's going to be a last, last straw. And that's going to be one of the most important things we'll be talking about in this podcast that Paul talks about here in a second. But now he's going to get called by Tim's lawyers and shaken down for money that was raised, even though Tim really didn't get anything that was donated to him personally or to his organization. They had their their uh, um, their financial people from OUR saying, hey, you promised you'd have this percentage of, of what your proceeds going to OUR. I'm like, okay, whatever. So we went in. I wrote a $30,000 check to OUR. I shouldn't have written anything of it because none of the money that was raised at that event, not one penny, was earmarked there whatsoever. 
And they blew up in the middle of it and ran out. We were raising money for a lot of different things that were there. I didn't have any obligation there, but we did. We wrote a $30,000 check and hoping that that would kind of mend some relationships there. Okay. And I don't know if it did mend relationships, but what happens after that is that Tim is going to get in contact with Paul again. And he wants to come over to Paul's house. And he wants to share with Paul ideas that he now has that have come from God about Tim Ballard, about his life, and about his success in life. Tim Ballard's success, financial success in life, and how Paul Hutchinson is going to play into that. This is the whiteboard meeting. This is so important. If you've been following this at all, you know that there was a whiteboard that was allegedly drawn by Tim Ballard, and that showed all the companies, the nonprofits that he was creating, that he was going to create a for-profit above it, and that all of this money ultimately goes to Tim Ballard at timothyballard.com. We now know from this video, from Paul Hutchinson, that he was present during that meeting, that the meeting actually happened in his house, Paul's house, and he has the picture the photograph of the whiteboard that Tim Ballard drew on the diagram. Paul doesn't say that Paul is the one who actually took the picture. I suspect he is, but really it doesn't make any difference because he was there and he is affirming that is exactly what Tim Ballard wrote on the whiteboard. And he'll go over it in some detail. And I think the way that Paul goes over it is very helpful. It helped me understand some things about it that I didn't understand before. And it also shows how Tim Ballard is expecting Paul Hutchinson to contribute all of the money from his own Child Liberation Foundation, Child Liberation Foundation, Paul's foundation, to basically to Tim Ballard. Then I get a phone call. I get a phone call from, from Tim saying, all right, uh, we need to meet. We need, we need to fix some things. And I'm saying, okay, great, we'll meet. So Tim comes to my house. And he brings with him his Mormon bishop, who was doing something in one of his foundations, uh, one of his uncles or some relative there, some other people that his his psychic was there, this lady who was, you know, reading some things and telling him that, you know, he's speaking to old Mormon prophets, stuff like that. And okay, so there's Janet Russin is going to be there. His psychic comes to the meeting as well. And I do note that Paul says that she was supposed to be speaking to some old Mormon prophets. That's Nephi. It's not the great, great grandfather of Tim Ballard, Nephi Anderson as the story has morphed into over time. And, and he brings in, Glenn Beck was there at, at my house. There was a couple others that were there at this at this meeting. And then- then Glenn Beck was there. Glenn Beck was at the meeting as well. And we know that Glenn Beck has distanced himself from Tim Ballard after things have started hitting the fan. Tim pulls out this, this huge whiteboard. They bring this big whiteboard down and set it up in my, uh, in my porch underneath my, my deck in the house. So we're out there, this beautiful area by the pool, this huge whiteboard. I mean, we're talking, I think we're six feet wide, four feet high, and he's got all of these, these markers. And we all sit down on the chairs and he said, okay, I need to tell you what is supposed to happen. He said, I've been in communication with some of these leaders in, in, in my church, in his church. Um, the, one of them was, was uh, Mr. Ballard, who shared names with him, but he wasn't related. He said, and, and this, is, this is what God said needs to happen. And I'm, this, this is already making the, the hair on the back of my head stand up. God said, God said, what? Okay, God talks to me. God talks to you about you, but God, God doesn't talk to you about me, all right, in directing my life and what I should do. So, so now he's pulling the God card 
First off, he drops the reference that he has been in touch with Mormon leaders, includes Elder Ballard, that's um, M, I'm sorry, it's Melvin Russell Ballard, M. Russell Ballard, who just passed away, right? So he drops his name. His name's going to show up on the board too. Tim will write Elder Ballard's name up on the board as a silent partner as well. But he's first saying, I'm in contact with church leaders who, of course, are in contact with God. And now I've got the straight scoop on what it is that God wants to happen. And apparently God is very interested in Tim Ballard's finances. So he puts this big whiteboard up and, and, um, and, and draws this square on one side of it, on the left-hand side. And this square he puts, he puts the Child Liberation Fund. He changes it from Child Liberation Foundation to Child Liberation Fund. He said the- Okay, now that's important. I did not recognize this before. That square that is in green on the upper left, that's Paul's organization. That's his organization. His organization is the Child Liberation Foundation, but he says he wrote fund on, under it. It'll go from foundation to fund. And now he's going to say what it is that this fund is supposed to do that belongs to Paul as he's making the presentation in Paul's own house. The reason why I think you should change it to fund is that it has one purpose, and it is to fund these other specific organizations. And he draws out Operation Underground Railroad, Children Need Families, the Nazarene Foundation, Liberty and Light. And so I'm looking at these, and okay, Operation Underground Railroad, he's a, he's a founder of that. He's on payroll for that. The, the Children Need Families, he's his wife. So I found somebody in his family is on payroll on that one. Nazarene Foundation, he's the president of that one. That's one of Glenn Beck's organizations. He's on the payroll of that one, right? And then this other one, Liberty and Light, he's, he told me this is one that was put together by some of the, the high-ranking members of the Mormon church that he was working together with them and some wealthy people in there. I'm like, okay, I don't know that one, but I understand where you're going with this. Now we need to take a second and think about the chutzpah that Tim Ballard has of going to Paul Hutchinson's house bringing these people with him, putting up the dry board and advising Paul Hutchinson that God wants Paul Hutchinson to use his foundation, change it to a fund. And it has one purpose. And that's to take all the money that Paul Hutchinson is raising and funnel it to all the nonprofits that Tim Ballard is associated with. So Tim Ballard will be getting all the money. That last one, was it Light and Liberty? Let me just go back for a second here because I want to play this again because he says that Tim Ballard said the church leaders and some other wealthy people were in on that one. That might be an interesting thing to follow up on. I haven't heard anything else about that. Let's see if we can catch it here. Children Need Families, the Nazarene Foundation, Liberty and Light. And so I'm looking at these and, okay, Operation Underground Road, he's a, he's a founder of that. He's on payroll for that. The, the Children Need Families, he's his wife. So I found somebody in his family is on payroll on that one. Nazarene Foundation, he's the president of that one. That's one of Glenn Beck's organizations. He's on the payroll of that one, right? And then this other one, Liberty and Light, he's told me this is one that was put together by some of the, the high-ranking members of the Mormon church that he was working together with them and some wealthy people in there. I'm like, okay, I don't know that one, but I understand where you're going with this. Okay, so Liberty and Light is the name of the organization that Tim Ballard said he was working together with um, some high-ranking leaders of the Mormon church. Keep your eye on that one. That could be interesting later on. Paul continues. And then he draws money signs coming down from my foundation, the one that I'm putting my money in is, is anytime I get a big distribution, et cetera. He said money signs coming from that down to these organizations. He said, these are the only ones. This is the whole purpose of Child Liberation Fund is to fund these organizations. And then, then he said, what I'm going to show you next, legally I can't do. 
I'm like, okay, that's interesting. You would say that, but okay. And then now wait a second here. Tim, Timothy Ballard says, okay, this next part that I'm going to show you legally, I can't do. And Paul says, hmm, okay, that's an interesting thing to say, but okay. By the way, that's the way Paul talks. He says this a few times throughout his video. And I think that when he says, okay, that's an interesting thing to say, what he's really trying to communicate is WTF. What the heck are you talking about? This next part is illegal and Tim Ballard knows it. Well, he goes on with the part that is illegal. And then he, he, he said he draws underneath it this big bucket, massive bucket, and writes timothyballard.com on it, right? And he, he has all of these, he says, this is where all of the eyeballs, all this, all these people that are being attracted by these foundations are coming down to this. The purpose of these foundations is to benefit this Tim, timothyballard.com. He said then, and, and he wrote down there that, that, that 2 he's going to earn $2.7 million a year. I don't know where he came up with that number unless it was what he was, his goal was with all of these different foundations that he was sitting on. And he would write three to five new books. He would get paid fifty dollars to $100,000 each time he spoke. It was all money, money, money. Yes, it was. I think he meant $2.7 million a year. It looked like a two. Uh, he said 2.7. I think he may have meant 2.5. It looked like 2.5 to me. Regardless, it's a bunch of money. And he's got all these ideas about ways to make money. He's going to make $2.5 million a year. He's going to do speaking engagements. He's going to write books. He's going to make a ton of money. And that's, you know, that's all okay because that's all legal. The problem is, is all the arrows coming down into this big bathtub with timothyballard.com on it, going from nonprofits into his personal reservoir of money. And now Paul will talk about what was above all of those nonprofits and that Tim Ballard said, I'm going to create a for-profit company to rule them all. And that will be called slave stealers. And this is the one where he puts himself another individual as in the board of directors over slave stealers, which is over everything. Right. And over here on this side, he writes the name of M R Ballard, M Russell Ballard as a silent partner in the slave stealers corporation. Right. I was like, yes, okay. That doesn't feel right. And then he wrote sizzle. He wrote the sizzle on, on the operation of the ground railroad and a couple of these others. He wrote sizzle. This is the sizzle. This is the videos, these videos of these children and what's going on. We're going to take the sizzle and that's when it's going to create all the eyeballs coming down. All of these people, they're going to be focused on timothyballard.com. Now I had already had meetings with him where he told me that his goal was to become a Senator and all this other stuff. And I'm thinking I'm really feeling now, holy crap. There's a lot of good people who are donating money to him and his foundation who really believe that the majority of their money is going to eradicate trafficking, to the rescue and rehabilitation of the children. And, and, and later I looked at their Form 990 and I realized, wow, there's a huge percent of it that's, that's allocated as, as creating awareness. Creating awareness. What does that look like? That looks like thousands of soccer moms in Utah holding signs that say, oh, you are, oh, you are, right? This is, this is a whole bunch of, of TV stations and promotions of Tim Ballard's face, but I'm not okay with that if the purpose is a political run or anything other than helping to rehabilitate these kids. Right. He's going to get to that part about slave stealers here in a second, but note this appears to be Paul Hutchinson's main beef with Tim Ballard is that it becomes more and more and more apparent to him that the child rescue operations are not there to rescue children. They are there to be the sizzle to get money and support for Tim Ballard, that he can become wealthy and that he can run for being a senator and president and then become the president of the Mormon church. Period. 
And so that started not feeling right at all. And then from this bucket, he, he runs this, this line up around to the top. And at the top, he puts a for-profit organization called Slave Stealers. This for-profit being benefited by all being supported. He has these lines up from the nonprofit supporting this for-profit, right? And this for-profit owned by him, a wealthy guy in somewhere in southern Utah in, in St. George area named, named Brian, and Elder Ballard, this secret silent partner that's part of the part of the church, is part one of his partnerships on this for-profit. There you can see one, Brian Norton, two, Tim Ballard, three, M. R. Ballard. Now, I don't think that's Mr. Ballard. I think that's his initials, M. Russell Ballard. And below that in parentheses, it says silent. So he will be a silent partner for slave stealers. And he will make a ton of money from that, one would imagine. But again, we don't know if Elder Ballard was really in on this, although it would not be foreign to his character to be in on something like this. And he may have been, but we don't know it because we also know that Timothy Ballard is not a person you can rely on to say things that are the way they really are. In other words, he lies a lot. So we don't know if this is a lie about Elder Ballard being involved as a silent partner with slave stealers, which never really got off the ground actually after this meeting. It didn't go over so well, certainly not for Paul. You'll hear about that or whether this is just something that Tim Ballard was saying in order to try and get people to donate, to cooperate, to participate. He's playing the ultra Mormon card here. Now, I don't know if Elder Ballard was really part of it or not, but Tim was using it as credibility as to how this whole thing should work. And then he says, with this line going up, he said, we're going to use the sizzle of the rescue to bring them to the covenant. Now, I know because I was a member of the church for a long time, that means to be baptized, to bring them into the covenant, is to bring them into the Mormon church. Now, like I said earlier, I have no problem whatsoever with the church. Some of my best friends on the planet are active members. My parents are active members. My, my grandfather was a bishop and a patriarch. My children are active members. But I do have a big problem with somebody using the sizzle of the rescue to bring them in to your religion. He says to your religion, yes, because this is what Tim Ballard is doing. Not only this is a great plan. I get rich. I get to become a senator. I get to become the president of the United States. I get to become the prophet of the Mormon church. And not only that, but we'll be bringing people to Mormonism. We'll be converting people. We'll be baptizing them. They will become part of the covenant. And I do want to just say parenthetically about the recent movie, by Darren Scott, the oath about Moroni in the Book of Mormon, coincidentally enough, his whole pitch about the oath at the end of the movie is to have everybody sign this oath. And although it doesn't mention Mormonism specifically, this is the gateway to get people to join the Mormon church. It sounds like they're running the same kind of plan between Tim Ballard and Darren Scott, but different names. One has the covenant, the other one has the oath, and they both spell Mormonism. Religion. That doesn't feel right at all. And so my, my personal assistant at the time, she got up, she left the room. She said, I am sick to my stomach. She was actually a member of the church at the time. She left because of that. That was a, the last straw for her. She says, I'm not going to be involved with this. No, I'm not blaming the church. I'm blaming what I saw on that whiteboard. And I said, Tim, I'm done. I am done. I'm done with 
any money, not only are you not going to get all of the money from Child Liberation Foundation, you're not going to get any of it into Operation Underground Railroad, into anything that you are running right now. Because this is about the children. This is about the children. It's not about anybody's arrogant ego. This isn't about anybody's Senate run. This is about the children. Now, I Okay. So that concludes that clip. But this is the final straw for Tim, uh, excuse me, for Paul with Tim. Forget about it. Not only are you not getting some of the money, you're not getting any of the money, and you sure as hell aren't getting all of my money that I'm raising in my foundation for this purpose. It's not going to go to you. It's not going to go to aggrandize you. It's going to go to rescue children, which is what you say you're about, but your actions are speaking louder than your words. And so much so that he's finally come to this point where he's able to see that. He's able to realize that. He breaks ties with Tim. And what happens when you cross Tim? That's exactly what happened to Paul Hutchinson. And he describes this. This is the last clip, or actually the second to last clip that we'll be playing because now he finds out that what goes around comes around. And whereas he was enlisted by Tim Ballard to go after other people like Dave Lopez, like Fletch, like um, the other individual, Fletch and Chet, Chet it was. Now, the same thing's gonna happen to Paul. So this starts at 5712. And let's just go from there. And here we go. So I leave that whiteboard meeting with an entirely new direction. No longer am I going to funnel money to those foundations. We started funneling money to others, to these guys who were actually doing the work. And, and it wasn't about them. It was, it was about the children. And immediately, I get on that same blacklist that those other guys did, that Dave Lopez did, that Glenn did, that all of these other guys over the years that unfortunately... I was the guy pulling the trigger. I was, I was the guy that was, that was, that was drinking the Kool-Aid thinking, yeah, if you're against Tim, you're against fighting child trafficking. Well, now I'm on that other side. And less than a week later, I get a cease and desist from Tony Robbins' organization. Now, I don't think Tony had anything to do with this. I think that it was Tim going in and talking to his attorneys and everything else. I had Tony's picture on the Child Liberation Foundation site with me at something. And they're like, you cannot use Tony's like and image. He had been on that site for years as long as I was drinking the Kool-Aid, as I was still part of Tim organization, Tim's organization and his posse. But the second I said, you're not getting any of our money, boom, I get the cease and desist, fine. I don't need his picture on there. And, and it took years, but now Tony and I are back on, on really good terms. But unfortunately, he was told the same story that I was told. Paul's trying to hurt the organization. He's trying to be all about him and his foundations. All I was saying is I'm not going to buy into what I just saw on that whiteboard. That's all, that's all. You know, he goes into other good guys, guys like Glenn and others who we had worked together and helped to co-fund some things. And now all of a sudden I'm on the blacklist. Glenn's coming into Salt Lake and they won't even have a meeting with me. Really? Really? That Glenn is Glenn Beck, apparently. Really? Is that because you believed what was going on on Tim's whiteboard or you didn't see what I saw? Fortunately, now over the last few months, a lot of the truth is coming out. A lot of the truth that I started seeing early on with some of the people that were there at my house with him while I was gone on the cameras and stuff. I'm like, wow, this is not a man acting out of integrity. And so now, fortunately, the truth is starting to come out. But for a long time, I was on the blacklist. And, and, and my reputation was thrown down the toilet just like he did with Dave, with Glenn, with Chap, with all of these other guys. Okay. So what he did to others, what Paul did to others at Tim Ballard's request is now being done to him. 
obviously at Tim Ballard's request. So he's getting blacklisted, he's getting canceled, and attempts are being made to harm Paul financially, his foundation, to destroy him. And Tim Ballard will apparently leave no stone unturned when it comes to trying to destroy somebody whom he thinks has done him wrong. And we've got one other small clip here. This is about one minute long, and I think it's where Paul concludes his story about being blacklisted. Let's see, 147. Here we go. We'll start there. Of the things that they had done to put their lives in danger over the years. Now, the blacklisting continued with me, wherein Angel Studios, very uh, LDS, and some of the, the guys that were running it, hearing Tim's story and purposely keeping me out of the premieres, of the ability to show it to some of my people internationally. I've got texts back and forth between me and some of the owners there that are like, why are you out showing this me? Are you kidding me? You guys are paying for Tim to go everywhere to, to promote this and I can't do it on my own dime? Billy, I was the primary investor. I was the primary investor in the film and I can't go out there and show it with some of my people and help promote it just like everybody else. I have a problem with that. I really do. And unfortunately, they didn't know what I need. I probably should have made this film, this, this recording. I probably should have done this months and months ago so that they could hear the truth of what was going on. I'm sorry. Okay. So there we have the last clip that I'm planning on playing from this. Let me take care of the overlay. Let me do that. And we'll be back here on the screen. So those are some very significant clips from Paul Hutchinson, who is a firsthand witness who tells us that at the beginning, he helped fund Operation Underground Railroad. He was active in the missions or some of the missions that they performed in other countries and that he was called upon by Tim Ballard to act as a fixer against people who had been closely associated with Tim, whom Tim now said were turning against him, saying bad things about him on social media. So they have to be taken care of. And Paul contacts his lawyer and sues Fletch and Chet into silence. So they will shut up. And then Tim tries to do the same thing with Dave Lopez and have Paul go after him. But Paul says, no, I know Dave Lopez. He's a good guy. He wouldn't be trying to destroy you. Like you keep saying, you know, they're trying to destroy me. They're trying to destroy operation underground railroad. Something must happen. They must be destroyed. Paul, you handle it. And he says, no, I know Dave Lopez. He's a good guy. I can't believe what it is that you're saying that he's saying and that what he's doing, I can't believe he's doing what he's doing. Then, um, Tim Ballard shares personally with Paul Hutchinson. Tim's desires to become a senator, to become the president of the United States, to become the prophet of the Mormon church. And that's direct testimony from Paul Hutchinson as to what Tim Ballard told him. Uh, we have the fundraiser story. Oh my gosh, does that story ever say that Tim Ballard, it's all about Tim Ballard from his point of view. Everything's about him. If there's a fundraiser that's going on with all these different organizations, which is what Paul is holding, including one of Paul's organizations, no, that's not good enough. If Tim Ballard is going to be there and speak, then all the money has to go to him. That's his view. And apparently, that's the view of his wife as well. And what sends them out of there making a huff, it's like a real Will Smith moment at this fundraiser, is the fact that they show a picture with a girl 
who was rescued, her face is blurred out, and Tim Ballard's face is not included in the picture. That's what sends him over the top. So that story was amazing. And once again, the whiteboard meeting, the whiteboard meeting. We now know that the whiteboard meeting actually happened. We know where it happened. We know that Tim Ballard is the one who wrote the diagram on the whiteboard meeting and exactly what it was he said. So that whiteboard now goes from being something that was sort of decontextualized and floating around there because it didn't have anybody saying exactly that I was there and I saw it and that Tim Ballard's the one who wrote this. We have that now. And that is very, very important because now we know the provenance of the whiteboard and we see exactly what it was that Tim Ballard wanted to do with the money, which was, it all goes to me. Everything's about me. My name's Tim Ballard. I'm the best. And that was what finally broke it for Paul. And he says, I'm not going to have anything more to do with you. Not only are you not going to get all the money from my foundation, you're not going to get any of it. And I'm going to donate to other people who are more interested in rescuing children than they are in funding their own personal lives and their own political aspirations. And then we saw what Tim Ballard did in response, which is, of course, what Tim Ballard always does, allegedly, which is try and destroy the people who start telling the truth about him or people who see this isn't a good thing that you're doing, Tim. You need to be focused on the kids and not on yourself. Boom, everything blows up. So that is about all for tonight. We're approaching one hour. Please hit like, please hit subscribe. I'll continue to keep you apprised of developments in the story as they break and they don't show any signs of slowing down. I'll tell you that much. So I said, hit like, hit subscribe, please comment. If you feel so inspired, please go to radiofreemormon.org and hit donate. And uh, if you could give us a monthly recurring donation, $5 a month, that's all I ask. If you can do more, great. But $5 a month is all I ask. And your donations do keep Radio Free Mormon broadcasting behind enemy lines. I want to thank all of my listeners who do donate and have donated. Thank you so much. It means everything to me and it keeps the lights on and it keeps the podcast coming. So until next time, this is Radio Free Mormon signing off the air.